Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Usually I start the podcast by going, hi, Allie, but Allie's not here today. Allie's a little under the weather. And so I'm going to start the podcast by saying, hi, Picha, how are you? Hello, hello. I'm very well. Thank you very much. How are you, Michelle? I'm sorry am... to hear that Ali isn't well today. Me too. I'm sure she'll be better soon. It's just, we have to give each other grace when we're not feeling well. And, you know, when, when sometimes I've been overwhelmed and I was like, I don't have time to do the podcast this week. And she pulls in a guest. And so she messaged me this morning and I thought I will ask Picha to come on and we can talk about recruiting and talk about job postings and some of the things that you have a real passion for that affect underrepresented people uh, greatly. So um, let me introduce my guest. If you don't know her, it is I'm here today with Picha Neary. And I think of Picha kind of as a Jill of all trades. So you have a lot of things that you're involved with and a lot of things that you do with training and um, working with companies and doing a lot of your own your own stuff. And so um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself a little bit more because you can speak about yourself more clearly than I can, I'm sure. So tell us just a little bit about who you are. Thank you, Michelle. So I have recently proudly embraced the fact that I am indeed a so-called uh, unicorn. I'm actually working on my website right now. And the thing is that I'm Italian, so I'm used to being surrounded by uh, artworks that were created by people, well, men in the past, obviously, uh, that were architects, sculptors, mathematicians, painters, everything under the sun, and nobody questioned it. We're like, yeah, that's cool. Okay, you want, you're an architect or you want to paint? Yeah, do it. How, how, let's see. How, how is that? Good. So actually what, what I do, which is um, design in general, graphic design, uh, but I'm also, then I transitioned into UX design, but it doesn't mean that I stopped being able to do UI design. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. And then also along the way, because I've always tried to make myself better because I used to be very much a creative designer. Obviously, I developed my photography skills and my skills as an artist. All of these things stay. They don't leave because, sorry, I don't want to sound... Um, I don't want to sound, what's the word, sort of confrontational. I don't know why it's coming out, this way, but it's just that, especially in the in design environments, there's very much this thing that if you, you can't do UX if, you, if you're if you a UI designer. And I agree that, that there is definitely a distinction for sure. Absolutely. But the reality of smaller clients is that you've got to be a hybrid. And in fact, it only makes you a better designer. And I have, since doing UX stuff, I actually have been doing pure UX for bigger clients, such as Cloudways, such as this Italian music. And actually, no, I want to do both because otherwise UX on its own is is, uh, is a bit boring. But anyway, sorry, I totally digressed. And at the <laughs> moment, my focus, my focus at the moment is accessible creativity because I am really focusing on accessibility Mm -hmm. because we want to be inclusive. That's what this podcast is about. So there was Absolutely. a thread that left me to this <laughs> and I'm on a mission to prove that you can be 
creative and accessible because there's this big myth that accessibility curbs creativity and I completely disagree. So here I am. Well, I'm glad very, to have you Very, very long story. <laughs> Sorry. No, don't, never apologize. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, one of the things um, that Allie and I talk about quite frequently on the podcast and just in public in general is the employment of underrepresented people. Yes. And one and inclusion in projects and podcasts and all of the different things, um, events and things like that that go into our whole community, uh, the tech community at large. But, you know, specifically, we are part of the WordPress community. And one of the yeah. things that you are passionate about is making sure that the job descriptions that get put on job postings are inclusive of all the important information um specifically salary but i think there's more to it than salary as well uh, there's there so is, much uh, yeah there is uh, loads more to it than than salary yes and i do believe is very very much an inclusion issue and it definitely uh certain practices that seem seem to be prevalent definitely exclude underrepresented people and if they carry on, then we'll carry on being non-diverse and underrepresented as a underrepresentative rather as an industry. So it's it's really interesting. So the reason why I got into it recently is that I left, uh, I had, uh, let's say, a source of income that I recently decided to leave, uh, to leave that, that company. And therefore, it's nice to have, I mean, I do lots of things, as you were saying, but it's really nice to not have to hustle and have at least one source, even if it's not full-time. Actually, I would not want full-time because I do have lots of projects. But I was looking for something that's part-time uh, and that allows me to do my other things and that complements what I do well, which is what my previous role that I left actually did quite well. So I was looking for that. And so I started looking at job adverts in the you, in the WordPress community, because that's where I am. However, I can also, I've got the luxury of being able to be outside of it as well, because as a designer, you can, obviously it's not just, it, the world can be a little bit bigger. Right. And I was flabbergasted because in I think in WordPress, you can easily say 90 to 95 percent of job adverts do not list salary. They also do all sorts of other heinous, terrible things as well. And in tech in general, it's an issue, but not everywhere. I, I've been doing so I opened a conversation in the post status Slack a while ago. Uh, and um, it gave rise to a lot of people chiming in. Mostly, though, in that forum, it was people who were saying, that's wrong, you should always list uh, a salary uh, and you should never do other things such as that we can get into in, in a while, such as uh, don't ask for geographical location. That's another bugbear of mine that I find a terrible relic of colonialism and mm -hmm. exclusion. So, but nobody of none of those who do practice, you know, who do not list salaries and so on, salary ranges, I should say, mm -hmm. nobody, none of those 
chimed in. So I continue the conversation with Dan, the uh, editor of the Postatus blog, and he mm-hmm. suggested that I write about it, and which was a while ago. And it's taken me actually a long time because I want to make sure that I listen to as many people as possible. So I wrote, I took the Postatus job page as it was on, I think it was the 27th of July. Uh, there were 11 jobs listed at that point. Only one mentioned any form of salary range, and it was the Codable uh, advert. Now, Codable doesn't pay people directly. They say just that your typical range for your freelance uh, fees will be start will start from $70 an hour, which is great because then people go in and know, know what they're doing. So I wrote to every single advertiser. One was uh, Gravity Forms, and they had two jobs. So it was nine people I wrote to. One codable, one or eight, eight or nine, anyway. And to their credit, quite a few of these people responded. It was only, I think, two companies that didn't respond. And I was was very grateful. In fact, uh, let me publicly say that I haven't uh, answered them yet, which is shameful because it's been a couple of weeks but I was uh, out uh, ill and then away and that's why anyway apologies the summer heat I'll, I'll blame the summer heat <laughs> but anyway it was very nice of them because often uh, I think that they know a bit that it's not quite right and therefore they get a little bit defensive so I think it was really nice of them to actually explain none of them convinced me <laughs> at all but it was it was uh Uh, quite uh, commendable that they did take the time. Some of them, it's a very long involved email where they explain their reasons not to list a salary. I think that I can give them much more compelling reasons to list a salary. And when I uh, write the piece, it, it will happen. But the thing that I was trying to explain to them, actually, I haven't engaged in a conversation with them yet. I mean, it would take too long. It's not the right forum. The article is what will do that. Mm-hmm. But my point was, in business, one of, especially as a WordPress agency, I took the famous WP Elevation course, which doesn't exist anymore, with Troy Dean. Anybody who's anybody <laughs> has taken it. I'm joking. You don't need to have taken it to be to be, you know, obviously, but it's I'm saying it out of jest, but really it was a great course because it introduced everybody to one another. That's how I met so many of my close friends now in the mm-hmm. WordPress community. And one pretty much the first thing that they teach you, for those who don't know, it was a business course for uh, agency owners. You, you did, it didn't need to be a, a WordPress agency, actually. So the, one of the first things that it teaches you is to ask for a budget. And if a client refuses to give you a budget, run him out to work with them. Just because you are unable to provide the right solution, engage whether the project is for you. So sure. they teach you a, a number of ways that you can you can. Uh, screen potential clients to work out whether they and the, the the budget thing is the very first one. So what I'm asking these uh, agencies and companies that choose not to list a salary range is: Would you work with a client that refuses to disclose a salary range? Right. I don't think they would. They haven't. I mean, 
I'm going to put that question in the article, but I just don't think they would. Right. What do you think the reason is that they don't? So I've been given a number of reasons. Some, some of the answers were actually clearly not saying what was in their mind. Some others were saying what it was they felt was the reason and it was never a good reason. So uh, reasons ranged from uh, I don't want people to have to negotiate for themselves, therefore I'll ask them to give me their number, to which I have so many objections because <laughs> it's as you teach me, Michelle, that it's a typical underrepresented in tech reaction to totally undervalue yourself. And yeah. guess what? And I, I don't want to stereotype anyone here, but it's most likely to be one woman, two of color, three also other people of color or from, mm -hmm. from uh, you know, from developing countries and so on. Mm -hmm. So you're already discriminating. I would hate that. And also for the same reason why when a client tells me, oh, I don't have a budget. Tell me how much you think it should be. I can't give it to them because I'm going to give them the best case scenario. And then right. I go, oh, that's too much. And then you're like, oh, you do have a budget then. Because mm -hmm. every single time, even in recent times that I have not respected the rule, give me a budget or I'm out of the room. Mm -hmm. it, it's come to bite me in the ass because I'm told that I can say yeah. ass. So I've said yes, it. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so every single time, even recently with nice clients that, you know, I could say, I could laugh yeah. at them and say, okay, well, you see, you proved me right. And, but every single yeah. time. So that's not a, a good reason. And Often the reason is that another reason that they've been given is that salaries, and that's the one that, I mean, really makes my blood boil, boil a little bit. Someone said, and they don't, I, I don't have their email at hand here, but they did say that they don't mind, they don't need anonymity because they completely stand behind their, uh, their um, choices. And they're also completely open to their mind being changed. So mm -hmm. You know, fair play to them, but I can't remember who they are. <laughs> so <that's> <laughs> anyway, so uh, they said that uh, actually it was Robert from White WP Security, something like that. Mm -hmm. So he said that the needs of someone who is forty and single and lives in Porto are different from someone who's forty and has a family and lives in New York, which I find. I'm really sorry, Robert, when you listen to this, it's, I find it so wrong because Agreed. you, first of all, you do not know what the needs of someone who's 40 and living in Porto and single, because they may have a whole family that counts on them, even though it's not their immediate family that they created, it could be their grandparents, their parents, and also fundamentally, what's the difference are you paying for skills? Because if you're paying for skills and you get the same from New York and Porto, that's what you're paying for. Mm -hmm. the, and that which brings us to the localization thing. I've seen so many ads that ask you to state where you are, and which is so wrong because, okay, what if I'm a digital nomad and um, so this week I'm in New York, next week I'm in Bali. Are you going to curtail my pay when... Are you going to dock my pay when I'm in Bali? Is that, and also, 
But if I live in Bali, it may be for a number of reasons that don't mean that that you should pay me less because maybe right. I am Balinese. Ah, it's so wrong. It's just yeah. uh, I get I get really quite riled up because it's a fundamental uh, deep unfairness that you mm -hmm. are exercising there. But because I know that you feel very about it as well, Michelle, don't you? I do. I think one of the things that I think that I think companies don't put that out there for is because they have people working in similar positions or even the same position within the company and they don't want, you know, to pay everybody the same rate. And so, like you said, like if, if I, maybe I'm living in New York and somebody else is living in Kansas and maybe the cost of living is cheaper in Kansas than it is in New York. Why does that matter? But also some companies, and this is in the United States anyway, in most, I should say in most states in the United States, it's illegal to, um, to put a, 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 to tell your employees that they can't discuss salary with one another. Yeah. So if, if I want to talk to somebody else at Liquid Web about what, how much I make versus how much they make, we are legally allowed to do that. There's no reason that I shouldn't be able to have that discussion with somebody else. But then then if they're not, you know, they're they're risking the fact that what if I'm making $10,000 less a year than somebody who has a less senior position than I do or the same level position, they've put themselves in that in that case, in that situation by not just deciding that this is how much this position is worth as opposed Absolutely. to how much a, a person is worth. And so then you end up because people will talk, right? Um, we've been we've been raised up, at least in the United States, we've been raised up not to discuss salary. It's like, you don't ask a woman her weight or her age, and you don't ask anybody their salary. Well, all of that is bullshit. Like, if you want to ask me my weight, I'm not, I don't have to tell you, but you could ask me. I'm still going to think you're an ass, but uh, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I don't care about my age. A lot of women don't, a lot of people don't like to talk about their age and that's fine, whatever. And if somebody doesn't want to tell you their salary, that's fine too. But we've, we've been raised kind of, those are the things you don't ask about or political affiliation. I mean, there's a whole list, right? But um, but people are becoming, especially the younger generations now, are more and more open about that because they want to see equity and fairness. And so, you know, if they're offering me a position and they're offering me X number of dollars and I know somebody else in that company and I ask them how much they're making and I see that this is way less or way more, now they've created a position in that co that company has created a situation where people are not going to be happy with one another and they're going to be asking why. Instead of just saying, this is how much this, this position pays, give or take 5000 or 10000 whatever it is, based on experience and the skills that you bring, not your socioeconomic level, your physical location in the world, et cetera, you have a much more equitable situation and people are happier to work there, feeling valued for the work, not devalued because of their personal socioeconomic status or location. Yes, and not wasting any precious time and energy actually seething right. about an unfair situation. Yeah. And the thing about not wanting current employees to know is very true. And this is something that was t told to me in utter confidence by someone I know who's a, an agency director. So I'm not, but she, that's exactly what they said. Mm -hmm. So I believe that it's very often a reason. And some people have said also, that they don't mention a salary range because when they do, then people immediately go for the top, which I find very hard to believe. And anyway, in that case, you can always have a conversation about it 
it happened to me when I was uh, in, in London. I, I went for a job and I was offered the job and I knew that I wasn't to the top level. I mean, I understand that maybe not everybody is like that, but they said, look, we think you should be here in the scale, which was somewhere in the middle. I said, yeah, that feels fair enough. Because I also thought mm -hmm. if I'm at the top, they will demand more and I, I don't I don't want <laughs> that responsibility. So, and actually having said that, out of curiosity, because I was thinking, is this something that has happened to me before? And actually, no, I didn't remember it. I, admittedly, it's been a long time since I last looked for a job, but I uh, went on the Guardian newspaper website and looked at design jobs. Every single one of them, bar maybe one, had a salary range. And I mean, it, quite a few of them were governmental. And uh, if it's a government body or a, you know, a an institution as such a, as a mm -hmm. museum and so on, they have to. It's a legal obligation. But um, most, I, there were really like just two or three that didn't have it. And I was just thinking maybe it's, is it more because design is tech, but some of these jobs were not necessarily tech jobs. Anyway, what I found also very interesting is the reasons of the people that do do all the right things. Uh, and I have come across two specifically. One is XWP that make a real point out of uh, quoting a salary range and not making, they make differences based on experience, not on location, which mm -hmm. is the right way to go about it. I'm sorry. You know, the fact that I live in Spain doesn't mean I have, fewer financial commitments and what's right. it to you anyway what it's got nothing to do with you mm -hmm. uh, and they and also they as far as i know that i can't think of any other wordpress agency that has a recruiter as a permanent right member of staff so they clearly uh, care about it and another amazing agency uh which is called they're called nakupak and i actually interviewed the founder they're canadian and they're amazing michelle mm -hmm. they're amazing i just want to found their careers page i've got it here nakupak media so what they say is i mean obviously they they obviously they disclose salary salary range but what they say is i love how they they their careers pages has so much about uh, their ethics and their values and how they work and they are they because there are so many that say um, we're committed to diversity and then they say yeah where do you live and I'm like okay well no you're not then are you because otherwise you wouldn't be asking me asking me that but they do not accept resumes or cover letters because they say uh, we know how time consuming these are to put together and how they are to review as well we also recognize that higher education institutions train their students how to write resumes to present a favorable impression of a person's skills. So basically their point is, if you're a young mother or not young or whatever, if you don't have the time or the education, which doesn't mean you don't have the skills, mm -hmm. you are in an unfair position. And right. that is such a great point. And that it was exactly my point because all of this was triggered by me seeing an advert that I thought was amazing, like perfect, a dream job. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. a full time, but I would have gone full time for that job because it was just, it had everything I like to do. All the things that I do separately, it just condensed them. Mm -hmm. But it had no salary range, which mm -hmm. could mean that maybe it wasn't a senior. It looks senior, but it isn't senior. So right. how am I, how can I gauge? 
Yeah. And also you're asking me to give up my freedom. So I need to know, to know what you're offering. Mm -hmm. So I contacted them and said, what, um, can you, can you, um, tell me the salary range? And they said, we'd love you to apply. And I was like, I was very flattered. I said, brilliant. Okay, great. So what's the salary range? I said, yeah, that's discussed at the first interview. And I said, yeah, but you're asking me, I haven't had a, a resume, which we call CV. For a mm -hmm. very long time, because I was lucky enough in the past few years to never be asked one. People knew me, they'd seen me speak, they've taken a course and they offered me a project. Right. So to redo a CV now would take me weeks, months of suffering and mm -hmm. same thing for a portfolio. So that's what right. XWP asks you, ask you to bring three pieces. You don't, I, you don't have to present a, a, a CV or a portfolio with XWP either. And that's amazing. So I told them, I, I can't get, if you're asking me a lot, it's a lot. It's very involved to get to the first conversation because your application form demands all these things. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I said it very nicely and very politely and they never, ever replied to me. And I tried again. I recontacted them again and they still never got back to me. Yeah. So that's why I, I went into the uh, post to Slack and asked, I said, you know, was it, was it wrong to ask? Because I don't think it was, but so that's where the conversation started. And that's yeah. what, why I was a little. So yeah, the if you are truly committed to diversity as Nako Pak is, then you understand that mm -hmm. it's a discrimination issue. Right. Asking all these things means that you are a priori excluding a whole range of people. They will not be able to comply with all your requests mm -hmm. and demands and so on you're so you are right. screening out potential great talent because you're putting barriers already and um and that is wrong and don't even get me started on the jobs that uh demand a task an unpaid task let let's, yeah. let me i hasten to add because xwp ask for a task but it's paid mm. maybe it's not paid for but it's I don't I don't know because I didn't get to that level but it's um it's compensated the least some, you yeah. could do is compensated because it's it's something I used to be on the uh, board of the uh, Chartered Society Society for Des of Designers in uh, in the UK and it was one of my 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 missions and which ultimately failed to fight it because the other board members didn't didn't feel the same fundamentally but basically it's like unpaid pitches of any kind are actually completely counterproductive and they kill the industry and they kill small people and the same goes for a task that's unpaid because also you will not get a good result I mean I've had to fire people that were hired with a task because it was just it doesn't ultimately it doesn't show anything mm -hmm. and I my I posit my point is that if you're a good recruiter you will be able to understand whether someone is the right fit or not in a conversation. That's Absolutely. I agree, 100%. I think that, um, you know, putting a salary range out there doesn't mean that there isn't room for negotiation. There is. That's why exactly. it's a range. And if somebody says, I want the top one, you advertise that, that's a conversation. That's a negotiation. That's why it's a range that's there. I don't think that that's unfair at all to do that. I also think that I've seen, 
I've seen applications that ask for a photo. I've seen applications that ask for a date of birth. Wow. Those are both forms of discrimination or could lead to forms of discrimination. In the United yeah. States, with um, I think it's Title IX, where there's um, scholarships and things like that, colleges and universities had to find a way to d- decrease discrimination based on those kinds of things. And so universities used to ask for a photo with your application. And now they don't do that anymore because you could say, well, I didn't get the scholarship because I'm a person of color or because I'm a woman or because any, uh, because I'm old or whatever, you know, older. And um, so we've taken that out of other places. We need to make sure that we've taken it out of um, hiring within the tech community as well, because you don't know, you don't know who, who might be the absolute perfect fit. And if you've already allowed them to bow out because you haven't given them the right information to even think about applying for your job, then you've missed out on a potentially amazing employee. So. Absolutely. And um, do you know that there are plenty of studies and uh, expect tests done uh, definitely in the UK um, where they send um, Muslim or African sounding names Yes. foreign sounding names uh exactly the same cv and mm-hmm. the ones that don't sound western get completely and they're exactly the same mm-hmm. resume it, it's shocking utterly shocking and yet uh, not not that surprising sadly yeah so exactly. there's still a lot of a lot of ground to cover and i and the simplest thing to do the easiest thing to do is to disclose the salary range. If it inconveniences you as a company owner, then I think that you should ask yourself why. Because to be honest, even though, again, like I said, I really appreciate all the people that answered that gave me their reasons, but every single reason actually highlighted an issue that you have. Because if you find that people go for the highest range, then it means that you are the one who's not able to negotiate. That's and as a as an employer, you do have to know how to do that if you're a hiring person. Mm-hmm. Me, I as a designer, I don't need to. I don't. I shouldn't be skilled in negotiation. That's not. Right. I mean, I, I've, I, I have tried. I have done that. I have listened to Chris Voss's book, Never, Never Split the Difference, which is a book I highly recommend a million times because it's super useful as a life skill. But it's not mm-hmm. a skill that I should have if I am a if I am a a, a, a job applicant. And right. any other reason such as uh, the geographical location, that's completely wrong, as we've highlighted in various ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the other reason that you know the covert one that very few people will admit to that you don't want other employees to know what other people are making that is so wrong. I'm not even gonna you know comment on it and asking right. people to to name their own salary i don't know if you saw recently i think that's the worst one that's the one that really really makes me very uncomfortable to say that some people do it on purpose and because if i don't know if you saw there was uh, a few months ago there was this big viral thing which was this woman a uh, recruiter that was bragging about a a candidate that she offered a job to. So she had this candidate who was a successful candidate and she asked them, what do you want? How much do you want to make a year? 
And this woman said something like 80,000 a year when the the salary, this range for that job was 120 to 150. So this recruiter kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure? And this woman <laughs> who was, by the way, a black woman, uh, coincidentally said, yeah, I think that that's what it's worth. And um, so this woman, the recruiter was bragging that she, the 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 candidate got the job for 50,000, 40,000 less than she could have done. And she got crucified, absolutely roasted on social media and she, and which to the point where it was actually a bit too much, but it was completely understandable. I was, I was like, seriously, is that what you brag about? Because there are so many reasons. And also when I completely, I, I was given the advice of saying, this is my me asking when there isn't a salary range, asking what is, um, this is my range. Is that okay with you? But that's not right either because I don't want to name the range because if I were, you know, if a job is for a company that works with very big names, then it's going to be different yeah. than with a smaller company. But I may, mm-hmm. cho- may choose a smaller company because it's less hassle, different culture. So I right. want to be paid more for the same job in a bigger company. Yeah. It makes complete sense. Yes. So no, you, there's no, I cannot find a point of view under which it would be a good idea for me to name my own salary. It's just right. not possible. Yep. I agree hundred percent. So if you're listening, don't make that mistake. <laughs> be the change, be the change. Put your salary range exactly. down there and allow people to be valued but also not apply for jobs that take them a ton of time that they won't be able to take because of the salary range. You know, if somebody came in and said, oh, Michelle, we want you to to this job. It pays $50,000. Well, I'm not going to apply for that job because I make a little more than that now, you know, so um, more than a little more than that. But anyway, yes, I would not be (laughs) willing to apply for a job where I wouldn't be able to provide for my future and for the people in my life that I help provide for. So there's, you know, that's just, it's just the way it is. So putting a salary range down there makes a huge bit of difference, especially if somebody's looking to leave a job for another job, looking to climb up, you know, in, in their position, they are taking time away from making money. They're using vacation time or whatever else to an an outside of work time to build that resume, apply for your job, and then find out that it's less than they're making now. It doesn't make any sense for them to do that unless there's a salary listed and room for negotiations. So um, I think that if you are looking to hire people and you want the best people for the job, putting a salary range on there is going to help you accomplish that, not the opposite. So. So well put, Michelle. Thank you so much for putting it so eloquently thank you oh thank you so thank you so much pizza for being here with us this week i know that i pulled you out of uh whatever you're doing on a on a day with very short notice and i do appreciate you filling in for ally this week and uh i think ally and i next week our topic is going to be uh let me see how i worded it in my text it's it's words and phrases that we need to take out of not only our personal language, but business language based on the racist roots of those phrases. Things like, um, 
grandfathered in and whitelisting. So if you have any interest in making your company vocabulary a more inclusive and better vocabulary, tune in next week as we talk about some of those things. Thank you, and we'll see you all next week. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. WP Wallet. WP Wallet is a free, simple, intelligent tool that helps WordPress professionals effortlessly manage all of their license keys and invoices for all sites and clients. Never forget a renewal, lose a license key, or miss out on a reimbursement again. Join WP Wallet for free today. LearnDash. LearnDash is taking cutting-edge e-learning methodology and infusing it into WordPress. More than just a plugin, LearnDash is trusted to power the learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, entrepreneurs, and bloggers worldwide. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.